Are you ready to explore life's possibilities? Go from ordinary to extraordinary. Then it's time to live limitless. To live limitless. Here's your host, Matt Bailey. Hey Dax, how's it going? Pretty awesome, man. How are you? Not too bad. How's your uh, what's new in your world these days? Uh, a lot of snow. A lot of snow here in Alberta, man. Yeah. But uh, so, like, my photos are kind of changing now, right? Because everything's going from all the fall colors um, and decent temperatures to totally freezing, which is uh, which is totally cool. I connected with um, nature in the very beginning in the winter months, so I definitely have a soft spot for this uh for the season right yeah yeah it's just pretty cold i'm like i'm looking outside right now and it's uh snowing and like minus i don't know 33 i think celsius for all the yeah. listeners out there <laughs> yeah totally and the wind chill right we can't forget right. that that like yeah. that changes things by like negative 10 degrees right <laughs> yeah i know it's, it's pretty crazy there's probably a lot of people who are listening who uh have never experienced that kind of temperature yeah that's cool we got to get some people to the rockies absolutely and uh so i wanted to 
start off like I mean I I know your story just from from meeting up with you and hearing it that way but I really love like in terms of the whole live limitless mindset like how you got started into into where you are now and right. yeah just wonder if you can maybe start off with like what you were doing before you you became the new you and and uh and how you got there like what inspired you yeah for sure so Kind of um, born and raised in, in Calgary, Alberta, uh, went to university in Lethbridge and got a new media degree, which kind of meant a lot of everything from graphic design to um, new media and digital design and, you know, everything from websites to sound and, and video production and stuff like that. And so what ended up happening was I did about 10 years um, in the advertising industry here in Calgary. So everything from doing branding and graphic design, a lot of different logos and rebrands and visual identities. And I did that until about, it was end of December in 2014. And I kind of woke up one day and I was in kind of like a, I would say chaotic moment in my life overall. Things just didn't seem to be like, I guess, working out in terms of career and stuff. I really did um, love what I was working on in terms of having a passion for design and, and logos and, and stuff like that. But something just didn't feel right. You know, I was trying to, mm-hmm. I was trying to achieve something or, or some kind of goal, but I didn't really, I didn't really know if what I was doing was right. It's kind of like, uh, maybe I was starting to question my path, but I didn't really know that I was questioning it. And I woke up and put on a whole bunch of random gear that I had that was kind of like outdoor gear that I had never used. I never really had a connection to the outdoors or nature until that day. And I went out to towards Bragg Creek on the Cowboy Trail and parked in a random place and just started walking into like the wilderness. And I was obviously like I decided to go out there and stuff, but I wasn't a, I wasn't a morning person and I never ever randomly just woke up and decided to go to the mountains before. So, you know, I could, I could stretch and say, you know, something compelled me to go out there and I randomly ended up seeing, I found dream catchers and teepees in the woods and there was like snow coming through, like light snow coming through the trees and the sunrise was totally stunning and, you know, it was almost as if I, I saw and kind of like felt nature for the first time that day. And I remember kind of being that moment and just remembering just like peaceful, you know. Um, right. And it, it was as if I kind of forgot about like life and chaos and, you know, the city and, and the stuff that comes with that. And I wasn't distracted anymore. And I just like felt at home, you know, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so after that moment, man, I started taking pictures on my, you know, mobile device, started taking pictures and I heard about Instagram. I thought Instagram was kind of cool. I thought it was like an upcoming thing. I started posting pictures on there and, you know, recording my moments in nature. And after that day, I, you know, for totally basically forgot about normal life and career and, and job and stuff. And I just relentlessly began exploring. Awesome. And how long, how long ago was that? So literally that was December 26th on 24, uh, 
So Boxing Day. Oh, so you're like heading up on your so like two years this Boxing Day? Uh, yeah, three. Yeah, crazy. So you woke up after like the day after Christmas and just uh just decided to go into nature. Yeah, like I'm I'm trying to think of it even at this moment. Like the word deciding isn't quite right. Like okay. I got up and I got dressed and it was gear that I had that I thought was totally like nerdy at the time, to be honest, right. you know, it was like <laughs> pockets on the side and like cargo pants and stuff. And I was really into like cool jeans at the time. Right. <laughs> you know, that whole trend. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, I totally wasn't myself that morning, you know, and I just, uh, you know, it's tough to put it into words, but it was just, it was compelling. And I just went, I just went out there and, you know, I really, that, that, what I felt out there, it was kind of like it, it was freezing outside. And I remember just feeling warm the entire time. I didn't even have proper, like I had some gear, but it wasn't proper. I remember putting on a pair of boots and they weren't like outdoor, um, like hiking boots or proper shoes or anything. They were just like city boots. And I remember the, the, the boot bottom breaking off, you know, the heel came off. <laughs> so like, and I didn't even care. So normally that like, it was just a really, I was really out of character that day. And for once it just felt right. You know? Yeah. That's really cool. And then, so you, you just like, was it a trail you went off or you you literally just wandered through the kind of like the snow? Um, to me at the time, I had no idea where I was. Um, cause it was like snowing out. I'm not going to say it was blizzarding out, but there wasn't very many people out on the roads that day. Um, also because it was boxing day, right? So a lot of people were hanging out in the city. I ended up kind of going by, there's a Calgary, I think it's the archery center. Um, just outside the city on the cowboy trail. And then after that, I kind of pushed out towards Bragg Creek. So I kind of hit a couple of different locations that day. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a cool story. It's almost like you, uh, it's almost like you were in like this, like trance to, to go out and explore. Absolutely. And, you know, good friend of mine, Ernest Barbaric, actually gave me a book a few days ago. And it has to do with pilgrimage and pilgrims and the whole concept of a pilgrimage and, you know, seeking oneself and, um, you know, different cultures and different times for all of existence have done this. You know, that's another thing that I'm just learning now. I haven't even talked to Ernest since he gave me the book, but I've been reading it and it's very interesting to see. And it's kind of, to be honest, enlightening to know that like, hey, maybe I'm not the only one who has stumbled into this. And also that is how Instagram and photography since then have totally transformed my life because I've met this, I randomly came into this, um, group and community of online explorers. And I didn't really know that that was a thing until, you know, until I started talking to different people on Instagram and people started commenting on my, on my stuff. And I figured out, you know, who travel Alberta was and that this whole tourism industry was a thing. And, you know, once I started discovering that, that's, you know, even meeting you was by chance of all that, as soon as, all of that happened on Instagram. A photography happened, then John Bartos put me in touch with you, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's always amazing so, how, like, uh, like when you really trace back things, like how all, all the connections seem to form. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, for me in my life, it's everything stems down to social media, to be honest. Like I have a lot of buddies who on Facebook kind of used to be like uh, the people I went to school with and my, my older friends and that kind of thing. But the people that I know now and the clients that I have, you know, nine times out of 10, they're from either Twitter or Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, now Facebook and LinkedIn has recently become a powerful force in my world. So um, I'm meeting some very cool people and hearing some very cool things from, from an audience there too, that I didn't really, I never really, to be honest, valued as people who are a network that would be open to a lot of outdoor photography and pictures and things like that. You know, I was really taught that LinkedIn was a business network. Right. Yeah. And you know, my approach on LinkedIn has kind of been, you know, screw it. I'm going to do everything opposite of what I was told. So, you know, make sure you have a professional picture, make sure you're in like a suit and a tie and people can <laughs> see your face. And my, my profile picture is like completely opposite, you know, like right. you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of the outdoors snowing, you know, and you know, make sure you post pictures and make sure you don't post pictures and make sure you have a lot of business and article links and things like that. And I only post nature pictures and inspirational, you know, whatever I find in nature. I, at this stage, I'm kind of like, kind of like a photojournalist. I really believe in people's connection to the land. And at this stage, exploring the Canadian Badlands and the Rockies, I've discovered that so many people have this connection and it's, it's actually like a kind of a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, no doubt. And maybe like, maybe with LinkedIn and I mean, just mentioning, cause it's like a business platform. Maybe it's just like a nice break for people. Yeah. You know, to- and that's exactly, you know, something I've never expected is the amount of outpour from the community and, you know, my audience or like my tribe, basically like my, my friends, like there's no, they, you know, there's this big thing about people online. And I know, you know, sometimes when I've spoken at workshops and in front of different groups of people, they're like, oh, you can say whatever you want online because it's not real life, you know? Hmm. Uh, it's not like IRL yeah. in real life. Yeah. It's, it's URL. But instead, you know, it is real life. And we all kind of know each other. We just don't know each other yet, you know? Um, the people that I've connected with on Instagram and uh, and then people who have inspired me and, you know, who I'm now working with or for, or, you know, we've collaborated with on, on projects on so many, so many different levels. And it's nice to see, it's nice to actually have that because before with people who were my friends or, you know, following me on Twitter or whatever it would be, I post a lot of design work. So, you know, check out this rebrand I did for this company or, or whatever. And although I'd be connected to my work, It'd be like, not everyone is not everyone cared to be honest about, you know, some random company rebranding. Nobody, nobody cared, man. But, you know, and they they can tell that maybe sometimes I, I didn't care either. I was just posting it because, Hey, this is what these networks are for. Like, but now people who were in my audience and who are now have seen this whole transition from that first day. I'm like, Hey, Holy shit. Do you guys know what's happening in, like by Brad Creek right now, like, I don't know, the sun, like the snow is coming through the sun in certain ways. And you know, that kind of glistening. Yeah. I was like, I was relentlessly seeking to try and capture that. 
And I think that's when that's the very moment that my passion for photography started. And it's not like I went out there and found it. Like it totally found me, you know, I didn't take any advice, um, from any friends or any man made anything to go and to go out there and find this. It just, it found me. And so I think that's a huge part of, um, like growing as a human being, to be honest, man, is like listening to these signals and being able to like, you know, sometimes you do need to disconnect. And if you are in a chaotic moment in life, take the time to like, listen to that, not just your body, but like listen to your soul, man, and be aware of those signals, you know? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, I definitely, I don't know if it's just like in my world or our world online and the people we know, but there definitely seems to be a big push towards uh, people who are looking for that, who are like, you know, trying to to find themselves or maybe to find their passion or or, or not even necessarily a, a passion, but just some meaning. And I don't know if... I don't know if it's working for a lot of people or if they, you know, like it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's, there's not really like a roadmap, right? Like an instruction book on how to find it. Yeah, totally. It's totally, um, like something that I've learned recently, actually, especially just being an artist and creative is that we're crazy. Right. (laughs) And throw in being an explorer on top of that. Now, like I'm pretty darn crazy, man. And so it's taken, like these books that my friends give me, or even just the one that Ernest gave me, it's teaching me another perspective on things as well. Like what you just said, there is kind of no roadmap for this. And you could have told me 10 years ago, Hey man, like go outside, go find nature, go this. And I would have been like, what are you nuts? You know, I'd be like in Calgary somewhere doing some, you know, nine to five, whatever, yeah. just trying to fit in. You'd be like, that guy's a weirdo. But yeah. And, uh, I don't know. So like staying open to these things is something also that's kind of really changed everything. And I think, you know, a lot of people are doing more yoga and doing more meditation and nature, you know, I haven't done any formal meditation or I don't know, you know, formal meaning guided or anything like that. But nature, to be honest, is absolutely meditative to me. You know, when I wake up and I'm on a super calm lake and I'm in the you know, my kayak and there's fog coming off the water and there's nothing surrounding me, but everything that's alive and there's no cities or any kind of distractions or, or anything like that. Like there's no pure moment for me than that. Um, and just in terms of what you said about people seeking that even in the, in the book that Ernest gave me here, the, the book about pilgrimage, it says that now more than ever in history, you know, it's not just you or me or people in our circles or online. It's literally everyone, you know, it's kind of coined as, you know, if there was a time in history when people are searching maybe a deeper level of like consciousness or, you know, understanding or, you know, they say enlightenment, but that's a pretty big word, right? Mm-hmm. I would say more yeah. like this was kind of my awakening, I would say, is like nature. And I started to challenge things more and started to follow more, more of those random signals that I never really listened to. Right. Yeah. It's like, and then I guess it's hard for you to, to think back. Like you were saying, I still want to like talk about just that, that first moment you stepped out. Like at that time, were you, were you still working? Like a kind of like, <clears throat> was, like yeah. nine to five. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was more like, I've always been kind of working for different agencies in Calgary. Um, doing freelance work. I had my own design company for a little while, um, like for several years. And it was just yeah. kind of 
it wasn't exactly a nine to five. Like it was yeah. when I was working in house for different clients for that decade, but at different times I was an entrepreneur, right? And I would be working in and on different startups and it was pretty like hectic and demanding at times and, and whatnot, but I wasn't really focused. Like I said, I knew that something was off the whole time. I just wasn't paying attention to it. I was always trying to like, trying to fit in, trying to get the next best thing, trying to do this whole city life and, you know, make a name for yourself and all that's supposed to, like, that's what I was taught to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I've kind of gone against all that. And what I was just saying about, um, audience, people have seen all of a sudden nature pictures come from my feed and they, they've seen this whole transition in my life and going from being, you know, consuming, depressed, anxious, you know, stressed, all of those things to being just uh, like purely happy. And I've allowed the unexpected and the spontaneous to kind of lead a lot of what I do. So a lot of times I'm on an expedition and it'll, I'll be on an itinerary or it'll be planned. But a lot of the times I just drive somewhere in the middle of the night, you know, and I'll end up not being aware of my surroundings in the night. But then when I wake up, wherever I end up, I'm struck with something that I've never seen before, you know, and mm-hmm. there's just something to be said about that too, that every time we go to sleep for our whole lives, we're really aware of our surroundings Right? Like we see what we see before we go to bed and we close our eyes and sleep. But when you drive somewhere in the middle of the night, and I did this at this place called Burnstick Lake here in Alberta, um, and drove a couple hours from Calgary there. No idea what this place looked like. I just saw the sign for Burnstick Lake at like 2 30 in the morning when I arrived. Um, you know, slept in my truck kind of thing. When I woke up, this was the time when it was super early in the morning, sunrise beautiful calm lake and like fog was coming off and i just like i threw my kayak in and just went for a morning paddle right and like to say that i don't come back a different person or like a little bit changed every time like that's it i'd be lying right you know like every that's that's why i go out there so frequently and there's going to be a time when i'm going to be shifting out of calgary and i'm going to need some sort of base in the mountains yeah, I could see that. I mean, the mountains are yeah, such a spectacular place. So yeah, absolutely. Like any, there are so many places. That's the other thing is, like the mountains are one tenth of, of like the beauty in Alberta. And yeah. you know, we can talk about the Rocky Mountains, but then there's also so much other like the diversity of our land just in our province even blows my mind. Right. So that's. When I started exploring, I had no idea what was actually in our backyard. Like I had never been to Jasper. I had never been to Waterton. You know, I had I'd been to Drumheller <clears throat> once or twice, but I didn't know truly what the soul of the Badlands were. Right. And I didn't really know. You know, if you if you started to rattle off names like Moraine Lake and different places in Banff and and Yoho National Park in in British Columbia and all these places, I wouldn't really. I wouldn't be able to picture them because I'd never been there. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, traveling and ex- exploration was fairly like limited. I wasn't. It was never really. I had gone on you know vacations um, my whole life with my family and you know my parents and cousins and things, but 
I wasn't really connected with like the land per se. We were always, you know, doing resorts and things like that. We were never really um, camping or connecting with, you know, nature or taking photos or doing any of that sort of stuff. Right. And then, and then, uh, that first day when you went exploring, was that when you started taking photos with your phone? Like, yeah, it was. To be honest, that's also really weird too. Up until that day, I uh, I was gonna say hated, man, but like I can't say hated. But I was not into taking photos. Like I'd been a designer and you know creative director, art director, so I had been working with photos my whole career, but I had never been the one behind the camera. Um, I had no, I'd never been formally trained or technically trained or anything like that. So it was absolutely all mobile photography for me with my phone. Um, and since then I have obviously moved into kind of, you know, Canon and more DSL, DSLR type shooting, but it was still mobile photography that got me into, you know, it, it made me it was the connection between what I was experiencing in nature and what I could show people and tell people, you know, so photos and captions, I believe have the power to take people to a place. Um, and that's, I believe that they're, they can both be super important. Um, and you know, a photo can tell a thousand words. Absolutely. But not every photo can. So what a photo can do is establish a setting and set you up for a descriptive caption where you're able to describe what you can't see in the photo, you know, what it took to get the photo or, or how it felt to be in that moment. And that's part of the storytelling piece of, of a lot of what I do is, you know, try to try to take people to that place and uh, using all senses, you know? And I think that, you know, that's, that's something else that, there's a, there's a difference between, um, you know, like, I don't want to say like a blogger or a travel photographer, but I have a lot of friends who travel around the world and they take such amazing photos. And I understand what their schedules are like because, you know, sometimes they're only able to spend such, you know, only a few hours in such places. Mm-hmm. And same with me when I've done past expeditions, I've only been able to spend two or three hours at a place and what I seek is absolutely deeper than that because when I hear things from, you know, curators or, uh, you know, I've explored a lot in the Badlands, like I said, and that all has to do with all kinds of history and, and prehistoric history, to be honest. And so when I'm diving into different stories, I really like to dig, man. You know, I, I've discovered all this. Like I never knew that I would be, I would never. I never knew that I'd have boots on the ground in random places in our province, and I would. I have moments out there that I can't even, you know, describe. And sometimes I capture them, and sometimes I, I'll post them, and, and people will just go nuts because it's such a rare, rare moment, you know. And it all comes back to like, like what actually changed my life. It was taking action because I didn't consciously be like. Hey, I'm going to go out into nature and change my life. Mm. But what I did was get up and go outside. And, you know, I could, I could have thought about that. I could have planned it, you know, um, 
but it was just there was just something about getting up and going and not having that plan or not having a destination in mind i didn't have any preconceived notion about how the day would go or what would happen or i, I didn't care about where i was going you know it it wasn't you know to i don't want to sound cliche or whatever but like that journey was the destination you know like that was a transformative process and uh you know it obviously sounds crazy but you know that's that's the moment that changed everything for me so it was you know the more i look back the more i do see how it's affected my life and i'm very very thankful for that well like i like what you said about going deeper into the stories because even with me like traveling around the world it's i think that's what's always kind of made me hesitant to really become like a full-fledged travel blogger in a way because like I always more or less funded most of my own trips and because I was always scared about being that person that's uh just sponsored to go everywhere and just to show up at a hotel I don't know for two nights and, and do like kind of the cliche activities and to write about it in kind of a super superfluous is that a word I don't know I'm pretty sure that's a word. But, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You know, it's just like the same thing everyone has been writing about for years. Like nothing really new. And it's kind of like scared right. me. And it's hard to find that sometimes in that world, if you're if you're trying to balance, I guess, like making a living and, and doing it. But at the same time, like it, for me, for me as well, like it's more interesting to go deeper because that's what no one's doing. Right. And I don't know, for me, that was kind of like an accidental thing as well. I, there's one point when my Instagram was all like really intense, like mountains and reflections and, you know, really punchy nature photos and everything. And then I started, you know, I'm going to come back to the Badlands again. And when I started taking pictures of things in the Badlands, I started feeling something different and the photos are darker out there. It's more Indiana Jones, you know, like mm-hmm. thousand feet deep in mines and uh, really, you know, dinosaurs and prehistoric history and coal mining. And like, there's such a rich heritage and so, like train robberies. Like you have no idea, man, what's happened, what's happened out there. And it's, that's, that's what's really made. That's what's brought the thrill into my life is that these stories haven't even been told a lot of the time, you know, like they exist within families and circles of people out there, but they haven't been unearthed yet, you know, and they Mm -hmm. haven't been really broadcasted. And what has happened out there in a lot of ways, I would say is still affecting a lot of the people and families and the land, you know? And Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, what I'm going to say is that so many people could fire up a blog and, take off some photos and, you know, start sending emails to hoteliers and try to get sponsored things. And depending on, you know, your audience size and engagements and all this stuff, like you might be able to do that. But what I felt in the industry and, you know, just from speaking recently at a few tourism workshops um, in NBC and Banff here in Alberta, all of this is moving in kind of a different direction. So there's always going to be a need for the typical travel media stuff, you know, brochures in Banff and like, you know, the different racks of, of signage and, and brochures. That's always kind of needed because tourists, right? Yeah. But people in those areas are seeking deeper stuff. 
and they are trying to tell deeper stories. And people that are that understand that and journalists who understand that have a place to and, and it's already happening with you know smaller magazines that are, are starting up and, and smaller publications are, are starting to focus more on the story and more on you know what what went into things versus mm-hmm. um, just taking pictures you know going to a location getting the typical shot for the blog header and then you know that's it staying your night and taking pictures of the typical stuff um, my clients are totally used to that and so they're like they don't get excited when they go to get those type of emails anymore, you know. So right. it's moving into like a influencer kind of 2.0 uh, area, you know. And so there's there's a lot of ways that I work with different brands and and people who sponsor me, and I don't post pictures of their stuff every single day on my feed, right? Because I know that my audience doesn't want to see advertising. Sometimes they do if it's relevant and and it's timed and. You know, some people who support me really do enable me to go further, you know. So I do focus a lot on those relationships, but in a very different way. You know, I will set them up with different people within the industry and enable them with photography to use in their own communications. You know, just because I've kind of had this background in branding and marketing and kind of like advertising and, you know, consistency in in branding and really kind of pushing, pushing that. Um, I've really worked with them to enable them and, uh, and vice versa. So it's, it's really been a cool kind of way to dive into this, this whole arena of, of travel and tourism. And, you know, I think all of us have to make our mistakes too. So I see people now a lot of the time, still sending the, the emails to the, to the hoteliers. And it's like, Hey, I'm coming to Banff, like on this thing, can you give us a hotel? And like the hoteliers are like, well, that doesn't really excite us. Cause like, you're already coming here. Like, right. How come, why didn't you email us when you started this idea and like looped us in and made us a partner and, you know, we could have explored those ideas. So it's, it's more about that true collaborative nature now mm-hmm. versus just, promoted posts and things like that. Right. Yeah. Which yeah, is very cool. I've always kind of been in that forward thinking, emotional marketing type of space. And now that I literally have a connection emotionally to what I do, um, you know, the story is writing itself and it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it'll definitely be cool to see where it goes. For sure. For sure. And then I just want to step back like uh, a little bit. So you were, I mean, it's it's hard to word it. Like you, well, you weren't really happy, like where you were, or you were looking for maybe meaning and stuff like that. And then one day you woke up, you explored nature, you took some pictures uh, with the phone, like to show what you were seeing. I remember you telling right. me that you actually sent them to friends who were kind of more in your world, like more in like the the city scene, and they were like confused, right? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, totally. Um... <laughs> Like all in all, in when when I was starting to notice these moments that were happening in nature that day, I took some photos on my phone and I sent them to a few of my close friends and you know girlfriend at the time kind of thing. And they all, I, I was talking to them and I even phoned them right and I was like, hey, like do you guys have you guys ever been out in nature? Like have you ever? seen what's out here and randomly gone out and started exploring and like, holy crap, like what are we doing living the same day over and over in the city sort of 
working for stuff that we love, but not really in like, you know, sometimes deadlines that don't work with us. And I don't know. I was just like, it seems like we're distracted and all this. And they were, they all responded in the exact same way. And they all said, you're crazy, you know? (laughs) And, and I was like, Oh man, like Instagram, there's something about Instagram. Like there's, there's something happening here. Like I'm meeting some really cool. And they're like, no, or no, no. Like I didn't meet any people at the point at that point. I was just saying that like, there's something here, you know, like, Instagram is a thing. It's not just another social network. Like it's going to be, it's going to be something. And they're like, okay, man, whatever. And yeah, after that, I just totally, like I said, just ran with it. And there were, there were so many times when, and, and still I have no idea if what I'm doing is right. And I actually have a post about this, like drafted in my notes right now. I'm saying that it, I'm talking about uh, creatives and artists and visions and, you know, whether or not we seek this kind of, um, you know, artist validation. And what it really is, is if you're living the same day over and over again, you're not living, right? And, mm-hmm. and like, to me, that's that was the real game changer in that, you know, the hashtag I like to use a lot is feels alive because that's truly – the difference in my life that nature made me feel. And when I, you know, when I look at things, yeah, I was kind of at a distracted, weird stage in my life in that I was, I knew, I knew who I could be, but I wasn't fulfilling that somehow. And, uh, and like moving into this new place has just has been a wild ride. And I'm just really appreciative of everything. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty crazy story. Like, like what was your, I mean, I could be mistaken. Like, I remember your your picture with the uh, with the hay. What do you call those things on the farms? Like the bundles of hay. Like the hay bales. Yeah, was that? I remember seeing that that picture. Was that? Right. Was that kind of like your first like big win, or or was there um, something else before? You that? know what? That was a win in a totally different way because that photo ended up in Canadian Geographic, which was super cool. In terms of wins. Um, to me, every picture I was taking was a win in some way because it was a discovery of something that I felt, which was very, very cool. And I was able to express it in some way that I had never really done before. But when I was posting on Instagram, I had a few hundred followers. And you know what happens there is once you start posting good pictures and looking at different hashtags and – talking to different people, your my stuff started to get noticed and it got published by a couple of magazines on their profiles, not published, sorry, featured. Yeah. And, you know, there was a few more followers that started to pour in from that. And once that happened, um, at some stage, you know, I think it was, you know, something 120 photos and, you know, 19 or 20 weeks and Instagram made me a suggested user, which means that they kind of put your account in front of, everyone right so they kind of like feature your account whenever you're if you notice on instagram whenever you like follow someone it'll show you a list of suggested people so they put you in that list basically in front of you know everyone on instagram and that took me from you know like i don't know i was at 900 or a thousand or something you know a few hundred to thirty thousand and then that again got me noticed by more and deeper people in the travel I guess, industry, even like globally, you know, I haven't traveled around the globe yet because I have this thing about exploring my home soil 
because I've done, I, I, I now have discovered all these places like Jasper and Waterton and they shredded my mind. And so, you know, when I, when I expressed that online, there's such a, um, like a level of connection. I, you know, I have to say like whatever created nature created us. And when you're able to find that it can change. Um, like I know a lot of people who struggle with a lot of different things like anxiety, depression, uh, addiction, all of this stuff. And in Japan, they can actually, doctors can prescribe, uh, forest therapy, you know, um, they can literally, give you a prescription that says, go into nature, go for a hike, go do, you know, go spend time in wilderness. And it's because nature has these like natural healing properties and natural like healing properties to get rid and to get rid of anxiety and stress and, and start healing these things. So when I started to think about that and I don't know, man, it, it's going to start sounding crazy, but like, I truly believe that that's where I found myself and anyone who has been in my circles who questioned what I, the path that I now kind of chose, so many of them have started going in the woods and, and started exploring and started taking pictures. And my whole networks have changed in terms of social media. Like all I see in my feeds now is awesome pictures from awesome people, you know, who have explored or traveled and like the, you know those people that you know called me crazy that very first day when I phoned them. Yeah, some of them moved to Brad Creek. They <laughs> snowshoe. They they now do all of that stuff. You know, so I'm very happy that you know something unique and very cool that has happened from all this has been kind of like inspiring people to get into the outdoors. And you know, a lot of this happens through private messaging and behind the scenes on Facebook and all the other platforms. But what I hear from people is absolutely amazing. You know, like I could have a tumble, Tumblr blog of screenshots just from private messages from people saying how much they've connected with my photos or a certain place that I've talked about or connected with or that they've had a deep relationship with. And like people always ask me, why, why do I do what I do and, and whatever else? And like that's why I do it because – with photos, you literally are capturing a place in a certain moment of time. It's not going to be like that ever again. You know, mm-hmm. the snow, the the sun, the wind, everything is different always. And to be a photographer, um, like a really true artistic person like that, I've found that when you have that heightened sense of awareness and feeling in the outdoors, you just do feel those moments. You know, and and I've connected with so many. I, I can't stress enough how how blown away by even the local community of photographers is. I, I didn't know how how many awesome Albertan photographers actually existed. So I'm super proud, um, you know, to even just be from here and to be surrounded by like such talent. What do you like in terms of Instagram? Like since. That was that was obviously like kind of the the thing that really propelled you into this kind of new world, right, of tourism right. and and whatnot. And what do you think it was about your account though that kind of set you apart? Because you know it seems like Instagram's pretty crowded these days, and there's a lot totally. of people who share amazing photos. I mean, and totally. some of them have hundreds of thousands of followers, and some of them have probably like a hundred. Um, 
but they're like equally amazing photos. So what do you think it was that set you apart? Yeah. You know, there's so many different things that it could have been. And, you know, I have to say that when I was, when I first started out, there was someone who I talked, I treated Instagram in the very beginning, like kind of like Facebook. And I just kind of posted random pictures and my friend Lori Andrews, uh, she had, I think, you know, 10 or 13,000 followers on Instagram or something. And I had connected with her on Twitter and I was like, Whoa, I just saw your Instagram account. You're like freaking famous, man. How the hell do you do that? Like your account is awesome. How do you take such good photos? And she was like, Oh, well you either, either have to like, uh, you know, Instagram is all is a creative platform and it's, it's either going to be you discovering something to do with your creativity. So doing hand lettering or, you know, you're a creative person and you do logos. So why don't you do, you know, sketching or hand lettering or, you know, I do a lot of outdoor stuff. So I like to do that. And I literally said to her, like, I have no connection to the outdoors, you know, because this was, this was actually before I started taking Instagram seriously and, and posting these nature photos. So, you know, in that moment, I literally went from having no connection to nature to having it. So there's a sense of, uh, I don't know, and I don't know how uh, algorithms can pick up different things, but there was a sense of the organic that was happening. And I, again, I don't really know how to translate that, but you feel it whenever you read someone's post. You, as a person and consumer of like data and media, you're rating it whether or not it's authentic or real. Um, and then that's going to translate into you performing a like or not a like or scrolling on or whatever. And at the time, what I was posting was such a change from what I'd normally post. And it was just so much more wholeheartedly true once I was connected to nature. Um, you know, add that, add consistency onto that and somehow quality like i had never like i said learned technical anything about photos or composition or color but i had just started to capture these moments and you know cell phone technology and photography was just kind of coming around to the point where you could take killer photos with your phone and you could zoom in really close on stuff and take a wicked picture and you know use a couple apps like uh you know snapseed or vsco to you know, adjust shadows and balances of things to kind of heighten different elements. And I was like, discovering all this was really, as an artist, a new outlet for me to express creativity. Um, and to be honest, man, nature was doing all the work. You know, that's the mm-hmm. that's the cool thing about what I do is that nature is the beautiful thing about what I do. I'm only the one who's capturing it. And there's so there, I think there's a great value in the creative expression that goes into the different the different things. So I'm going to say that that's very important is that when you do this, um, having a, a creatively and aesthetically balanced account is going to help your odds, I would say. So if you just have like random photos of different things and it's all random, you know, stuff, there's no real, I'm going to say soul to the account, you know, mm-hmm. like if it's all just randomly generated content and quotes and just stuff, there's no real sense of um, story there. But if you have a sense of story and you have quality, you know, photography and rooted in moments and, um, you know, good content overall and people want to follow it, 
that's generally what's going to garner attention. Um, right. You know, not only for Instagram, but any kind of social media. If you're if you're expressing yourself and telling a story and being vulnerable, and you have you have a you have good visuals to back it up, and you know a blog or something or you know meaningful content, people are are going to be attracted to it, and, and you're going to be able to find and develop a tribe. And what do you think of all the like typical? I, I guess we'll just like talk about Instagram for a sec, but like. Uh, you know, if you look up like people's advice on growing Instagram, it always seems to be that same basic, um, you know, like post certain time, post once a day, like use these tags and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think yeah. that works really, right? Or what do you think? Um, I do think that some of that works to an extent. You know, I think when it, stops working for you is when it starts taking control of you. Hmm. So there's been times where I've been like, you know, in order to post different hashtags strategically or post at optimal times when your audience is going to see it and stuff, like it makes sense because you do want to post when more eyeballs are going to see your photo, right? Like you want, I want to connect more people to that photo than not. Right. Yeah. But if I take a photo at a certain moment in a certain and I'm in a certain place and then I park that photo on my phone for 12 hours and then repost it whenever someone, you know, has the best chance of looking at it, it loses something. It loses uh, like your words lose their vitality if you're not being true and posting that in the moment, in my opinion. So. Yeah, there are strategies and tactics to use, um, you know, different hashtags and tag different people at different times and comment and all this. And, you know, what they are at the end of the day are just strategies that worked at at, at a certain time. Um, yeah. Social media in general, I think, is still quite a baby. You know, like networks still yeah. don't quite play nicely together in certain things and you still quite can't tag people properly on different things at times and it's it's still all about being organic and trying new things and you know that's how you're going to get noticed is if you do something different so you know what I was doing just in my life was different because I was going from you know sitting at a desk all day every day to rarely sitting at a desk and only being in the outdoors and only whatever so I had the, I'm very lucky that that just came to me, you know, um, but on Instagram, I didn't have any strategies or tactics in the beginning, right? I, I was just posting pictures about what was happening and it was just me in the moment. And then I started to, you know, once I get, got deeper into things, I started using a couple different, um, uh, hashtags and that started increasing my amount of likes and I started to pay more attention to that. But again, when you start paying too much attention to it, you start just serving content based on what your audience um, believes they want, then you're just becoming a machine, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that's, that's cool. And some of your content should be that. But the other thing is just much like your potential clients or, or whatever, whatever, whoever you're selling to, they might not know what they want necessarily. Yeah. 
So you need to show them that and you need to allow that organic expression again to come into your life. So, you know, that sense of like, if you, Matt, just didn't tell anyone and just went somewhere tomorrow and did something absolutely crazy that got everyone's attention, like that would get attention. Do you know what I mean? But if you do what we expect you to do, there's there's no reason to stand out above all the other saturated stuff that's in there, you know, because we only, and I would say as time progresses, we're getting less of people's attention, you know? So we're getting like seconds now when they're scrolling through our feeds or they're scrolling through something, we have precious seconds to get their attention. So it just increases this need for the real stuff because the real stuff is like the vulnerable emotional moments um, again that connect with people and connect people to people uh, connect people to people right so you know what we're talking about like bloggers and going to you know getting hotels for free and all this and like that's all great but I do think it does have its place and it it does have kind of an expiry date because it is getting already saturated and Instagram has changed so much since I first got on it in 2014. Um, you know, to answer your earlier question kind of about like strategies and things, uh, the algorithm is literally updating every single time you update Instagram, right? Like there's different things that are the algorithm and, and how you're being rated by your audience and the algorithm and, and the business itself is, is changing so much that nobody is really an expert to tell you the truth, right? There's only what's worked for people at different times and then sharing that to increase each other's knowledge so that more people can do cool things on there. And those are the ones that are going to get noticed. Yeah. Well, like I, I found like one of the challenges for me, for example, is actually like when I was actually traveling and having kind of the same or a similar outlook as you, where it was like totally life changing to explore the world. But at that time I actually actively avoided social media because I didn't want to like, I was like afraid of not being in the moment, you know, or like really trying to get that shot or to write that story. And so, right. like that, so now I'm kind of post sharing, uh, a lot of the countries I've been to. And I don't right. know if that's looked at uh, maybe the algorithms or however it works, but in as favorable as way as like being there at the moment when you're taking the photo. Yeah. And that like, that's also like, it's tough to say, but to be honest, everything is about balance, you know? So same with me. I've felt what you're talking about whenever I've been like in a, in a museum even, or I'm literally a thousand feet deep into mines in the Crow's Nest Pass in Alberta. Um, I'm listening to curators and people speak and different things going on. And I'm still trying to shoot these moments. Like to tell you the truth, there is a rare time whenever, like I'm not, I'm unless I'm literally on assignment being hired to live tweet and post those pictures in the moment all the time, it doesn't happen always all the time in the moment, right? Like that's what, that's the fun thing about photo journal, journalism is your ability to detect the moments that are that powerful that you need to share that second and who to loop into that conversation right away in social media and what stories need to marinate a little bit and, and, uh, 
and and have the right words and tone go out with them. What which stories need to be massaged, right? So yeah. that's also something I've detected and discovered in different outdoor photojournalists that I've now connected with and follow is that I really look up to a lot of these guys and these people and and these women who are out there just like documenting the craziest expeditions and moments right now while we're talking. And like, I can't wait to see what they're doing next, you know? And, and that to me is if you can make your audience feel that, um, that is what is going to make, um, everything change, you know, in your life or career. So what would you say like for, you know, like advice for someone who's listening, who's like really excited by, you know, this interview and your story who just maybe is just thinking like kind of the same thing, like they want to make a, a change or to explore new things. Like what would you, uh, what would you tell them? Oh, I don't, like, I just have to hit that word action home, right? Yeah. Because if I were listening to this and then literally got off the phone and went and did something or even like taking the action to plan something. Cause I'm, I know right now it might be like uh, people are listening to this wherever and it might be like a blizzard. So like, don't put your lives in danger, man, <laughs> but like sort of put them in danger, you know, get out of your comfort zone and go drive somewhere, go do something that you would never do or that, you know, has to do with nature go follow, just go drive. You know, that's, that's probably the advice I'd give is just go, just go drive to somewhere that somewhere new that you've never been before and take the time to pay attention to your surroundings. That's, that's, that's what I would say. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And what's, uh, you know, I know a lot about your pro well, maybe we should talk about your, your book. Like I, I okay. was going to, um, well just in general, like what, what would, Let's let's do this first. Like, what what would what are some of the the coolest things that have kind of happened in your life since since that first uh, you know the first outbreak on Instagram? Let's say. Oh man! So coolest things in my life. Just to like rattle a couple off, I was able to go see the Athabasca Glacier along the Icefields Parkway, and at the toe of the glacier was an ice field, or sorry, was an ice cave. And it has now since collapsed, like a few months ago. So that kind of put everything into perspective with me as well in terms of the environment. Because I went there and saw an ice cave for the very first time in my life. And I was blown away. And I have footage and all this kind of – I have photos and stuff from it. And then to hear that that's no longer gone this year is kind of like mind-blowing and weird and – I don't know. It, what it does is it puts like a time. It reminds me that there's a timer on, on things, and and a, it's an imaginary timer. That's a cool and shitty thing about it, <laughs> is that we can't see when this stuff is going to be around. Right. Um. So you know. So sorry to go into that totally dark moment, <laughs> but uh, no. But it's to true. Your right? question, like everything. Like. Even like it's, life it's important. Is it's fleeting. Yeah, it's, it's it's stuff to bring bring up and be aware about. But you know that was a super cool moment. I was able to paraglide off the summit of Panorama Mountain um, at eight thousand feet with uh, with like a Red Bull X Alps dude who literally runs up mountains and paraglides off the top. And um, so that was that was super cool because I I also have a photo from 
you know, 8,000 feet up looking down shot with a GoPro um, of my skis looking down onto like snow dusted trees. And uh, it was, you know, that moment is the moment that I felt the most alive, you know, and, and since then there have been other publications and features and press and different things like that, that I never would have, would have kind of expected to, to ever happen. So there, there's been, there are little discoveries and gifts that I find every day that I can't say trump each other, but they are so uniquely awesome in my life that I am so thrilled, um, you know, to, to lead, to, to wake up every day and then lead a life that I don't know what's going to happen next. So, you know, discovering all of this stuff in the Badlands kind of prompted my idea to write the book, which is called Unearthed. And it's still kind of like pretty early to be talking about it in general because it's my content is kind of due this spring. So, you know, coming up here in January, um, photos that I've gotten across the Badlands from people and the land are going to be published by uh, Rocky Mountain Books. And that's going to be published in spring 2018. So, you know, it still does take a year to make a proper book. And it's still very early to be talking about. But then I would say the other totally exciting news would be TEDx, Canmore. Right, yeah, I saw that on your blog. What's uh, what's what are you going to be talking about? Yeah, so I'm actually going to be talking about how I slayed addiction with nature. So what I mean by when I say addiction is addiction, anxiety, stress, depression, all of these things that we find ourselves falling into that we don't understand. You know, and I hope to actually bring a lot of actually what I've currently learned from from um, from this pilgrimage book and and different things, but basically what I need to hit home with that talk is how vital it is for us as human beings while we're here to audaciously seek whatever that is uh, with with like within us to find that sense of uh, discovery in your life, mm-hmm. you know and. You know, all of the moments that, acu- that, it, that I've accumulated since, uh, you know, discovering myself and finding the outdoors and stuff, I really do plan on bringing that story and emotion and everything else to the stage. And I really do only want to give that talk once. So very deep, very emotional stuff. And I really do. Um, I never thought I'd be anywhere close to a TEDx stage. You know, um, yeah. I was talking about my friend, Ernest Barbaric. He... To be honest, he's that was like one of his life life goals, man. You know, he was uh, he was actually the guy who told me to apply. So, um, you know, I was actually at coffee with him and another friend of ours, Vince Fowler, and we all had all applied to TEDx Canmore. And I was looking at my phone and emails while we were in this meeting, and I saw the email come through, and it was like, "Hey, you've been accepted to be a speaker." And I was like, "Oh my god." Like, holy crap, you guys, like, shut up, stop talking, read your emails, oh my god, check this out. And they're like, what the hell, man? And I remember staring across uh, this, we were at a coffee shop um, down on 17th Ave in Calgary, and I remember staring across from Ernest, and I remember looking at him, and then he immediately turned red and got this smile and then, like, looked up, and dude, were his eyes ever bright, man. So... 
this whole TED thing already is meaningful in my life because I, I got to see a really good friend of mine achieve something. You know, like mm-hmm. when he got that email, his like he's, whole he's he's like, a speaker as well. Yeah, he is actually. Okay. Yeah, like I felt his warmth. <laughs> you know what I mean? He yeah. was such he was so happy. So, um, you know, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to speak alongside with, you know, people that I've looked up to along my journey. So, yeah, that's really cool. Thanks, man. And, um. Yeah, it's really awesome. Actually, when's that going to be be taking place? That's taking place January 20th in Canmore, Alberta. Oh. So did you all get accepted? Yeah, we did, actually. Really? That's, that's, like, that's random, the other weird thing. So Vince Fowler, um, our friend, we kind of, the three of us um, and another fellow, Mike, have like basically like mastermind coffee meetups and stuff. And we talk about business and life and what we're working on. Um, Ernest is... Um, a wizard when it comes to digital marketing and Vince is the kind of like a business leader, business coach. So these guys are amazing people that I've had in my life for, for, you know, earnest a few years now, but Vince just recently. So it turned, as it turns out, Vince told Ernest to apply to TEDx and Ernest was like, Oh yeah, like maybe, you know, I don't know if I'm, you know, capable of that. And I didn't really know if I was either. Cause I was like, when Ernest um, told me to apply, I was like, Oh, come on, man. Like, yeah, right. So it was just funny that we all applied and then like weeks and like a month or something went by. And then we had a coffee meeting, the three of us. And in that, you know, hour or two that we met, we all got an email that said, you've all been accepted. (laughs) And then, so we all like basically freaked out, man, (laughs) like in the middle of this coffee shop and like hugged it out and, Took a bunch of pictures, like we were all going crazy. But again, the real joy for me was uh, was seeing Ernest be super excited for this opportunity. That was really awesome. Um, what would you say have been some of your, you know, just to, I know we're we're going on, I think an hour now. I'd love to have you on Chance. again, man. There's like so many stories I could uh, could go into, but yeah, uh, we've like barely started talking. <laughs> I know, right? We'll definitely have to do a second one because I wanted to talk to you about your uh, your journey into the Badlands as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, maybe we, we can do a snapshot of it right now, but just because I know you were like, you know, of all the projects I've talked to you about, you seemed like you were like that was maybe your most exciting one, or maybe the one that just like really hit home the most. Um, you know what, the Badlands, the Canadian Badlands in general. The, what what I'd love to say about this is, it is a place that has gone overlooked in all of Alberta. So. You know, the Rockies get a lot of attention because they're the freaking Rockies, right? Like, they're yeah. freaking gorgeous, man. I love them. So many people do, and they're such an awesome destination. And, you know, the snow and the mountains and the lakes, like, I get it, right? And the people who love that get it. And whenever I talk to people from the Rockies, they're like, oh, my God, we like we love waking up to the, the size and the girth, like the, the massive mountains. We love them. And we love the sunrise and just being surrounded by these huge mountains. They're just, they're so soulful. We love it. And I totally get that because that's what made me connect with nature. When it comes to the Badlands, I was taught and grew up in Calgary, which is only like an hour and, you know, an hour and a bit away from like Drumheller kind of thing. Yes. And I thought that Drumheller was the Badlands and that's all. And I thought the Badlands were just dinosaurs. 
which to an extent is totally true, but like one tenth of the Badlands are dinosaurs. Mm. And so this I had to discover on my own. So what I was taught from marketing wasn't exactly accurate with what I felt out in the Badlands. And so everywhere from writing on stone to Cypress Hills to Drumheller and Dinosaur Provincial Park, they are all so different in their in their land and in their like rock formations and in their story of how that land came to be there. That when I started talking to people from these places or people who have come to these random places who were like, you know, oh no, we never decided to stay here like ever. We just wanted to come to these places. We just came out here to get our feet on the ground. Then we were going to go back to whatever city. And then, you know, started asking them what, like, why, why did you stay here? And they were like, well, we, we fell in love with the people or we fell in love with the land. So I've also discovered that people have this symbiotic relationship with the land in different places. And when I asked them what they found was so beautiful, like the Badlands are this really, like there aren't any, you know, crazy mountainous ranges except for out in Waterton. But there's a lot of prehistoric hoodoos and different weird rock formations and things like that, right? And it's, like I said, it's very Indiana Jones and desert um, classification in some areas. And um, when asking them what they felt they, about the Rockies, too, they were like, oh, my God, no, like, the mountains are uh, make us claustrophobic. Like, they're huge. Hmm. They're in our face all the time. We can't stand them. We like the openness of the Badlands. We can... We can like let our dog run away for three days out in the Badlands. <laughs> out out here, there's like there's dirt in our blood. It's more badass. It's grittier. It's tougher. Right. But it's also in that toughness is like this profound beauty. And so that's the purpose of the book and and like this soul. And when they were describing the soul of the place, and you know, we like the Badlands because of the openness. And what they're describing is no different. And what the people from the Rockies were describing, it was our connection to the land and this, you know, this fundamental thing that I felt that first day when I went into nature, you know, they were trying to describe that. So, you know, that's what made me connect with the Badlands because it's an entire region of our province that never existed to me until, you know, I, it, had, it had been on my radar, but I never paid attention to it until um, I was sent out there on basically an expedition and, um, I was. I went and visited 16 places across across the region in in six or seven days, and in that time, it totally. That's when I discovered that, like, holy crap, like there is so much stuff in this place. Like, oh, I can go travel to like some beach on Bali and start telling you to travel to that sand. Like, this is the soil I want to tell you about. This is the place where we can explore. Right? Like, Canada is just unreal. So, so yeah. And what, and what do you, like, has anyone along the way, has, has there been like, I don't know, any, like, uh, either a person or books or podcasts or whatever that have kind of inspired you along the way, either, either in the way, the way that you're approaching life or maybe, um, just any kind of inspiration that, that you think you'd recommend? For sure. And I'd have to say that the thing that I always come back to when it comes to people that I think about, or if I'm not feeling it, or if I'm trying to figure out what to do, <clears throat> um, I've been more inspired by 
Conrad Anker, Jimmy Chin, and Renan Ozturk than probably any other pe- people in the outdoor world of exploration or even personal advancement in terms of what you can overcome and what you can achieve when you're really, really tested. Mm-hmm. You know, and these are things that I pres- have as a human can't even talk about because these guys are professional climbers okay. and, uh, you know, like they shoot for Nat Geographic and things like that. And they're just, they're out there 20,000 feet in the air camping on the side, not camping, sorry, like sleeping on the side of a bag on the side of a mountain right, yeah. in the middle of a storm for four days in a row. And, and people are in Calgary. Like, like we're just like all complaining about like our pillows or whatever. Like they, they push boundaries so far that it reminds me that whatever is going on that I'm doing or complaining about is totally BS and that I need to shut up and like go harder, you know? So, mm-hmm. and you know, Jimmy um, produced this film and he, uh, he, he's obviously starred in it. His name is Jimmy Chin and this film is called Meru. And last year it won, you know, like all the band, all the film festivals and different things like that for mountain films. And in that movie, they climb, you know, the shark's fin, Meru, in the Himalayas. And it's absolutely unreal to watch what they go through, what they overcome. Every single one of them has such a deep, intense story that attracts me to them as people so deeply. And, you know, I haven't met. I, you know, any of them in real life, but being able to see what I've seen from them just through the media that I personally have consumed, um, it's been super powerful to, to my own like adventures and what I want to do and where I want to go and what I know that I'm capable of, you know? So if I'm ever questioning myself or turning things down or like when I paraglided off that mountain, I'd never been on skis since I was uh, like 15 in grade nine. You know, and they were just like, here, you have to wear skis. And I was like, what? You know, so I didn't feel like doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like last time I was on skis, I skied into that tree and broke my thumb. Remember we were talking about that. (laughs) So like, I didn't want to ski, but I did anyways. And there's been a lot of crazy, weird, dangerous things that I've done since then in the outdoors. And, you know, with the right amount of calculation and risk and, you know, safety as your number one and everything, you you are able to overcome yourself and conquer yourself you know like that's i believe that that's a human trait that we are able to untap at the time when we're ready well i definitely think um, that and, like, and those guys have proved it and we watch it in the in their film right yeah. i def- like i mean i definitely think that like one of our like one of the biggest things kind of holding us back is really like our own our own self like our our own limiting beliefs Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, and like overcoming self-imposed mental obstacles is something else that I frequently um, need to hit home with people when I'm talking or speaking, uh, you know, an engagement or a conference or whatever. And there were so many times just coming back to the whole Athabasca ice cave thing. Technically, you're not really supposed to go there. At the time, there was a lot of melting um and glacial runoff and whatever and there was basically a river in front of the cave so it's not advised that you go there and you shouldn't like walk through this river or like you shouldn't cross this river to go there so when i was down there um this river was rushing in front of me and it was glacial cold water 
didn't know how deep it was and everything. And people around me, everyone turned back because you don't, you, there's no way for us to go through this river. But then I stood there and I walked back and forth literally for 20 or 25 minutes. And I literally also have GoPro, GoPro footage of this that I've never even shown anyone. And it's like, I'm talking myself in and out of just walking through this water, you know, because it's like, it's freezing water. I, I can probably figure out, you know, I ended up figuring out how deep it was by using my tripod for my camera and like just putting it into the water and using it for like balance and I slowly started taking steps and it ended up being kind of like up to my like knees. It wasn't even that deep. And I had other shoes and, you know, I had proper footwear and, and socks and, and clothing and a towel even in the car and everything. Right. So why couldn't I go through this river? Like what's telling me right now that a human being can't walk through this river? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I had to over, I've, I, I walked back and forth, man. I paced, and I walked through this river and it took like 10 seconds, man. And I was like, holy, like, holy shit. That was the literally easiest thing you've ever done. And I just like walk over this little tiny ridge of rocks and all of a sudden I see my first ice cave, right? You know? And so like to me, that was one of the most beautiful moments that I've ever experienced just as a human being because I was – I felt myself overcoming that preconceived like mental – like block that I had placed there for whatever reason, just because I had been taught not to go through this water or something. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm not allergic to water, like rain <laughs> on me, you know? So it's, it, it's cool. And, and like I said, we all have to like figure that out ourselves. Two years ago, if I was wearing nice shoes and nice jeans, I would have been like, what are you nuts? Get me out of here. You know? Yeah. So like, we all have to be ready for this kind of stuff in our lives. And, you know, you're asking me about like advice and things. Be aware of um, the unexpected, organic, magical things that can happen, you know, in your life if you just open up to them. You know, not everything has to be like planned and timed and, you know, not not everything needs to be as calculated as as we're as it's made out to be, I don't think. No, and I think like sometimes when people ask me about, um, you know, about like, well, just the aspect of live limitless and, th- and things like that and if for me, I always recommend just like trying new things, like whatever kind of interests you, like maybe you've never done it before. So it's uncomfortable, but like through even the smallest things, you start like building that confidence and it just becomes kind of a snowball effect to the point where you really feel like I can do anything. Yeah, of course. And the, you know, another thing that comes from all those experiences is you're investing in experiences, right? You're, you're Mm -hmm. investing your time into experiences and moments that deepen you as a person versus just buying an object. Do you know what I mean? Or investing your time and space into something like that. So even just the aspect of like live limitless and overcome those things, you know, that's, that's, that's the premise of basically what I do as well. You know? So like, I'm, I'm super thrilled that you, uh, that you had me on to talk today, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's been, it's been an awesome, an awesome talk. Yeah. I've been, uh, well, we've been trying to set this up for a while. So it's been awesome to get you on. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. And, um, awesome. for anyone who wants to, uh, say hello or find you online, what's, what's some of the, the places they can do that? Yeah, for sure. They can find me on my website at daxjustin.com or basically any social network at daxjustin. Okay. Awesome. And I'll put all that in the, the show notes as well. So sure, yeah. man. Sounds good. All right. Well, it's been awesome. 
Have a good one. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to take a look at any of the links that were mentioned, any of the show notes, head on over to livelimitless.net and I'll have them up there on the podcast page. And other than that, I just ask you again, please, if you like this podcast, please leave me a review in iTunes. Um, That's how other listeners can find me better. So that would mean the world to me. And if you'd like, I'd also love to know what you think of the podcast. So if you can send me an email, it's matt, M-A-T-T, at livelimitless.net. I'd I'd love to hear from you. And other than that, have a great week and we'll see you on the next show.